0: Good morning, church. Uh, If you're new with us, my name is Andrew Mook, pastor here at Sanctuary. Uh, What a gift uh, to be able to be with you today. Uh, In just a little bit... Uh, If you're brand new with us, you may not know this, we uh, conclude our morning services uh, in Zoom together. So you'll see a link that will come up. Uh, There'll be a link if you're watching on our platform, a little button you can just push. uh, And we come together for a moment of taking communion. And today we're gonna have a little bit of music and reflection as well. Uh, So that will be where we finish everything up today. So we would encourage you to join us, turn your screen on, um, just have a moment where we can see each other um, face-to-face sort of. (laughs) Um, Since the beginning of Lent, which is this church season that we are in right now, we've been in a series on the wilderness. More specifically, on a passage in Deuteronomy 8, where God is preparing these people, these Hebrew people, to enter the promised land. Uh, They are about to head into a season of plenty, a season of all of their hopes realized. Uh, And God is instructing them in this passage in Deuteronomy 8, as we've been looking at the last couple weeks, to not uh, forget what he taught them, to not forget all that he has shown them in that wilderness season. He's explaining the importance of the wilderness to them, uh, how vital it is for them to remember that as the seasons change. Clearly, there is no relevance uh, there to our current moment. So during this 40-day journey uh, in, through Lent, we've been inviting each other to reflect and to repent and to remember together. We reflect on our own humanity. We repent or turn around and away from our sin. And we remember God's love that's shown to us in grace and his correction. And our hope has been throughout Lent 2021 um, that we would be. Uh, this would be an intentional time of contemplation and an intentional time of restraint, a time to address the brokenness in our humanity. So with that hope in mind, with that desire that we have for each other, as we head into the second half of Lent, we're halfway through Lent, right? We've got three more weeks till Easter. I wanted to take this Sunday and just pause. I'm not going to give a traditional sermon. I want to do a practice together called Lectio Divina, Now, spiritual practices like this one, if you're unfamiliar with spiritual practices, they help us open up to the Spirit. They help us align our desires to God. I've used this... um Analogy often, right? If God alone, grace alone makes the river flow, spiritual practices like prayer and fasting and secrecy and all these things, they help us wade into the water. If grace alone, God alone makes the wind blow, right? This isn't about getting God to do something. What spiritual practices do is help us open the window to be able to experience the wind. Now, if you're a part of a home church, you've used this practice before. Uh, Lectio Divina. Uh, for people who are brand new to this, um, th- our hope is that as we practice this, as we do this exercise, we would just, again, be o- open ourselves up to God and align ourselves um, with, uh, with, with what God would desire for us. So today's practice centers on the Bible, meditating and reflecting on the Bible. Now, let me say this. I love studying the Bible. I love preparing messages. I mentioned this last week that I got just so lost for hours in this one passage and reflecting on this feast. In fact, that was the message I was thinking of giving again this week and kind of pushing that again with this sense of like, there's something more that God wanted to unearth there. I love exploring and looking up uh, you know, the, the context and finding what different writers have said over the centuries about a given passage. Studying the Bible is critical. To what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. But sometimes we can get frustrated with the Bible when we approach it um, as a only, or strictly as some sort of encyclopedia, uh, an entirely like linear, one-size-fits-all manual for life in the modern world. The Bible wasn't designed as a convenient reference manual or a textbook. That's not what the Bible is. The Bible describes itself as a library designed for a lifetime of ongoing meditation. So Lectio Divina is one way, just one practice, one way that we can do this, that we can meditate on the scriptures, as David in the Psalms talks about often. This is not a new method of Bible study. Where Bible study sets its focus on learning, Lectio Divina is this ancient time-tested method of meeting God, like meeting the Spirit in the scriptures. And in doing this, um, you, the apprentice, the disciple of Jesus, allows the scriptures in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to lead you into further intimacy with God as you move slowly and carefully and repeatedly through the text. So the practice consists of five distinct movements, and we're going to walk through these in a minute. Preparation to meet with God, reading, reflection, response, and rest. The text we're going to look at um, today is actually not the passage I just mentioned, Deuteronomy 8. It's actually in the Psalms. And I, I selected this because one thing that we've learned from these Hebrew people wandering in the wilderness is that God wanted to teach them, lead them, correct them, bless them there in the wilderness, not somewhere else and at some other time. Like, throughout the journey and throughout the story, these people are pining for the past or they're hoarding manna for tomorrow or they're preoccupied with grumbling about how things aren't how they thought they would or should be. So at this halfway point through Lent, let's zero in on that, being present right here in the wilderness before things return to some semblance of normal Let's practice through Lectio Divinia being here. So the psalm that we're going to read is Psalm one eighteen twenty four. 24. And let me just read it to you uh, quickly here for a moment before we begin to reflect on it. Uh, psalm 118, 24. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna prepare, just to prepare to meet with God. First off, to all my um, friends uh, here who um, who have kids, Uh, You you may not be aware of that or aware of this, or you may miss this, or sometimes I know it's really hard to set up in the morning with kids running around, but this might be a great moment real quick, if you haven't already, to go and set them up uh, with a Kid City video, some of the things that our team has prepared for them to go through on their own as you listen. Um, For those of you who don't have kids running around, this is a moment to turn your phone off, maybe even to put it in another room. Situate yourself comfortably, Quiet place. If it's possible to get into a solitary place, do that. Calm your body, quiet your mind, um, and uh, and just sort of work as you can to prepare your heart to receive what God has spoken through the text, and then to respond accordingly. And, and then um, we're going to just simply now invite the Holy Spirit to guide our thinking and to guide our feeling. As we read, Lord, as we seek to um, to be present, as we prepare ourselves in all honesty to hear from you, and I say that, Lord, and that some of us are come in with skepticism and doubt. Some of us, you practice this and practice just worshiping you and and being with you regularly. There's an expectancy and a great faith. Lord, for many of us, um, there's just so much clutter in our minds. There's so much distraction, um, not just around us. Maybe we've been able to clear that away, but... There is the the lists of the day and of the week to come, Lord. And we just, we ask, Lord, Spirit, would you come as we try to draw near to you, Lord. We take hold of that promise that you will draw near to us. Help us to be present. And so we pray together, Lord, open our eyes that we would see you. Open our ears that we would hear you. Open our hearts, Lord, that we would encounter you. Pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy spirit. So, hopefully finding ourselves prepared, we're going to just read. This, this step is simply listening carefully to the passage. Then in a minute, the passage is going to come up on the screen. Read through it on your own. Take your time. As you listen and move through the text, the prompt is simply to pay close attention to what words and ideas draw your attention What's jumping out at you in any kind of unique way? And so when your focus uh, is drawn to a particular word or a particular thought, pause just for a moment and reflect on that. What word is jumping out? And then um, zero in on that for a moment. So let's again read together. A thank you. That you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Now, we're gonna reflect. We're gonna read it aloud a second time. And on our second journey through the text, allow it to connect with you personally. Which words or phrases assume a particular resonance in your heart, your season of life, uh, your personhood in this moment? Uh, Ask questions like, what do I need to know or be or do in light of what's being sort of highlighted or jumping out to me. What does this mean for my life today? So let's listen uh, again. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Next, I'm going to respond. So in a moment, after we hear the text again, talk to God about your experience. This may be uh, peculiar for some of you who are new to the way of Jesus, who are new to church and looking at the Bible, just reflect back about what you experienced. If you're confused, say that. Moved, say that. Express gratitude to God. or you. Upset, tell him about it. You're compelled to worship, then worship. Uh, if the text has brought something else to mind, talk to God about that. Pray that back to the Lord. So let's hear the text again. Psalm 118, verse 24. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lastly, we simply rest. We pause to sit in God's presence before moving from the moment. You might express wonder or awe or gratitude or praise. You might allow yourself just to feel and experience these things um, just quietly before the Lord. So let's read one last time. Thank you that you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Just a few closing thoughts. My question is really? This day? The one with wars and poverty and divorce and addiction and betrayal? This one? The answer seems to be yes. This one. Because there's a difference between analysis and awareness. Analysis pulls things apart. Analysis looks for cracks in logic. Analysis points out the inconsistencies. Analysis needs things to make sense. There's nothing wrong, obviously, with analysis. It's like vital to our survival and our thriving. But if we stay there in that mode, in that mode only, we can easily, easily find ourselves stepping back with sort of um, like arms folded, pointing out all that's wrong with this day and all the ways that it falls short and all of the evidence for why this particular day doesn't appear to be the kind of day that God would make all the while the actual day passes by. And this is really easy to do, right? It's why cynicism is so popular, it's because it's easy. But in this Psalm, the one that says, this is the day that God has made, this Psalm isn't first and foremost about analysis. Go back and read the whole Psalm sometime. It's about awareness and that difference is massive. Awareness doesn't ignore, it doesn't gloss over the very real questions and pains that this day holds. It transcends all of that analysis with the very straightforward acknowledgement that whatever this day is, it's a gift to be embraced and engaged and maybe even enjoyed. This day, this day may be rough, and it may be bloody, and it may be heartbreaking, but it is here and it is now. As a follower of Jesus, we believe it is bursting with untold potential and possibility, and our response to it is of the utmost and urgent importance because our response reflects what we believe about who God is and what God is up to. We may, it's important to note, not get another day. My friend's father was recently diagnosed with cancer. Another friend's father just passed away. The mother of another is is just in this brutal battle with Alzheimer's. You know exactly what I'm talking about, whatever this is we're all acutely aware that is very, very fragile. This day, this time is fragile. So yes, this is the day. God is alive and well and still speaking and teaching and fathering and leading and blessing and working in us and on us here in the wilderness. This is the day.
1: Be glad oh.